Hi, and welcome to episode 72 of Walk to Work. Today, continuing on the topic of safer spaces uh, with code of conducts, uh, sometimes also known as safer spaces policies. Not quite sure if they're the same or different. Uh, so I'd like to go a little bit into why I have a, a code of conduct or safe spaces policy. What role does it fit within your overall uh, safety strategy um, and then um, describe some of the things that I found myself writing two codes of conduct um, over the past five years and they've turned out remarkably similarly so I seem to think that certain things um, should go in uh, but then if you look at other people's code of con codes of conduct um, they they think um, uh, other things and then maybe just end up with what your code of conduct I think uh, shouldn't be so uh, first why, why have a, a code of conduct so the idea is you have a, a, a dance space um, we live in uh, the, 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 the real world uh, which is full of oppression and marginalization. Inherently, your dance space is going to have most of that. But you can work towards uh, removing as much of it um, as possible. Uh, and because organizations are also inherently part of the world, you can go towards removing it by being like my way or the highway but as soon as you have multiple people organizing involved in an organization there's kind of uh, fairness principles that seem to be involved i'm a little bit iffy about it because i know that uh, as i as i mentioned when discussing uh safer spaces in general one approach is just be you mess up we kick you out uh, we don't have due process, we don't have forms, we don't have uh, methods, we just don't let people who mess up stay, because why would we? Um, and that seems like a, a, a fair approach as well, especially in communities that are proper communities. So this weekend, um, uh, someone was mentioning how the difference between a scene and a community was described as... Uh, part of it being the intergenerationalness. You have uh, children, you have babies, you have elders. Uh, I'm not sure if I agree that that's fully the difference, but definitely um, in a community, you have some kind of culture uh, that is the culture of that community um, that people grow up in and with and know intuitively, and so they know what kind of behavior is going to get them kicked out. And it's kind of different from uh, the kind of more short-term scenes that we create uh, in our dancing worlds, um, which are kind of closer to the, 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 the real world. And so if you want something that's different from uh, your real world, as it were, because you don't actually have uh, a community's norms to, to fall back on, then, then you need to codify. Possibly that's one of the reasons. Anyways, um, so, uh, the first reason to have a code of conduct is that it outlines what expected behavior looks like. And that means that for people who are new, uh, they know what should be expected from them and they know what they should expect from others. 
and that's especially going to be important um, for uh, people who are new and might be targeted because of their newness. Someone might sort of want to take advantage of the fact they knew, they don't know what the norms are in this community, and maybe they've not done dancing before and aren't familiar with, oh, you hold each other, or maybe you hold each other in close embrace. Um, and so they're, they're, they're maybe not familiar with, oh, well, if, if all this is already pushing against my boundaries because I'm not very comfortable with this close embrace thing, uh, then this other thing that's pushing against my boundaries, like a guy being very persistent and talking to me um, and asking for my phone number, maybe that's normal as well. Um, and so uh, part of what you can set up is like, nope, your boundaries are important, they continue to be important. Um, and here are some particular kinds of boundaries uh, that especially should be important. Um, then, uh, so that, uh, then the, the next one is kind of the, the, the converse of that. Um, it's so that, especially when you um, have people that you want to talk to uh, who might uh, be breaching your code of conduct, uh, they can you have a piece of paper that you can go to talk to them with. Uh, and so it's not you personally who's giving them a talk to, it's the organization who has agreed on the content of this piece of paper. Um, and it depersonalizes the conversation a little bit, uh, allowing you to say, hey, we have a code of conduct, you're in breach of this code of conduct. Um, here is the process that we have outlined for people who are in breach of this code of conduct. And I'll talk about this kind of process and what that can look like uh, in another episode uh, because I'm less sure about it and I think generally we're less sure about it uh, as a, a global community. Um, and so so the, the, that's the second one is letting people know uh, what um, uh, offences look like uh, and making sure that they um, don't do it and if they do do it you have something to say hey this is not cool. Um, a third one is for the organisers, uh, for yourself, it's a promise that you're making to yourself that there are certain behaviours that you will um, react to. Um, uh, that uh, and that also that you will uh, receive complaints uh, and you will act on them in certain ways. You'll keep confidentiality within reason. Uh, you'll definitely um, believe people. Um, you uh, will prioritize their well-being. Um, you may take action uh, and that action may look uh, a certain way. Uh, it's kind of a promise that you're making to your community. Uh, and last, it's, it sets up your, your values. So it's not just the specifics, but it's the, the general values of the community. Um, it allows an organization to, 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 to come together uh, and crystallize around uh, having those values. So...
so the um, the 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 way that I've always that I've written out found myself writing up code of conducts um, twice is uh, so one part is inspiration from um, the Mob Town Ballroom uh, Code of Conduct in Baltimore. Uh, theirs is very simple. Um, it's like a five bullet point uh, thing. Uh, we're all here to have fun. Um, we're not here to hit on each other, so don't do that. Uh, or don't do that persistently. Uh, it's, it's basically very straightforward. Uh, kind of fun worded or not serious worded and it gets its message across which is a very uh, mob town ballroom uh, approach to the world uh, if ever you've um, uh, been to mob town or seen some of the stuff that they put on uh, like they really prioritize uh, the idea of not taking yourself too seriously but the idea of working hard and so there's a serious not serious thing going on uh, and it means that their five point or ten point or whatever bullet point thing uh, is entertainingly readable um, because it's entertaining, because it's short uh, and because it's to the point. So you should have a short, to the point, readable, ideally entertainingly so, uh, short version of your code of conduct that gets your message across. Um, I usually fail on the entertaining part, uh, but at least I go for clarity and shortness. Uh, generally, I try to keep to around 10 points. Uh, and those points are the short version of how um, the, the, the code of conduct plays out uh, in practice. So the second um, part of the the second part of that is then to lay out what I sim think is the simple part of a code of conduct, which is saying we are um, inclusive to all, and that means that we prioritize the needs of marginalized people. And the second part is to say the platinum rule is key. Uh, we expect you to treat people as they wish to be treated. Uh, and for me that says it all. Uh, I think everything falls down to those two points. Um, and so then I typically have a, a section uh, elaborating on... Uh, how you can make your boundaries clear to p other people, uh, how you should be curious about other people's boundaries and respect them. Um, more uh, generally and either based on uh, local law or based on uh, your preferences, you, um, the preferences for your organization, the values for your organization, you can enumerate uh, the kinds of classes uh, that are protected. Um, so, no to racism, no to homophobia, no to transphobia, no to um, ageism, uh, inclusivity, uh, not inclu uh, accessibility is an important point. 
Um, I just found ten pounds. Win. The, uh, the 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 then comes uh, comes a part on what to do to report. So you contact X person, um, and this is what X person uh, will do. So the immediate part is receiving, uh, not necessarily taking action, but just the, the receiving is uh, you have some form of confidentiality obligation. That's something to get to at a later point because it's a really tricky one. Um, you have some form of uh, believing and validation option. Um, you have some point of taking seriously and uh, attempting to take action uh, that is desired by the complainant um, and will bring around uh, some kind of, of solution. Uh, because people are allowed to stick up for their own uh, boundaries uh, and should be able to see them respected, uh, I generally also have have had uh, that you can also just say, hey, here's my boundary, uh, seriously, don't go against that boundary, and you should be able to expect another person to, to, to respect that. Uh, and so that's the kind of people should and should be empowered to solve their own problems. Uh, I don't know to what extent that actually works out. I've had one person at least be like, yes, I did find this empowering. Um, uh, this guy was leading me in a way that I didn't enjoy being led uh, and was then teaching me on the dance floor and I'm like, hey, I really don't want this. We can stop dancing um, if you like. Uh, or you can stop uh, teaching me on the dance floor. Both of those work for me. Uh, and so he stopped teaching her on the dance floor uh, and she felt very happy with that as a resolution. I was just, hey, I'm really glad you have a code of conduct. It helped me do this. Um, so just for that, I feel fairly confident uh, that codes of conduct are uh, a force for good uh, in the world. Um, and so then I tend to have a long, ver I've had a long version that takes the bullet points uh, in the first section um, and breaks them down in greater detail. Uh, and so that will tend to be specific to uh, the community you're in. If it's in Lindy Hop, there'll be something uh, about lifts and dips. If it's in contra dancing or Kaylee dancing, there'll be something about uh, gender-free calling. Um, uh, if it's not in tango, or even if it is in tango, there'll probably be something about how you ask people uh, to, to dance. Um, uh, how you probably shouldn't be touching people uh, inappropriately. So some of it is on... Uh, kind of uh, emotional boundaries. You shouldn't give feed feedback to people, unsolicited feedback to people. Uh, some of it is uh, physical boundaries. You shouldn't put, uh, touch people inappropriately or dance with them unsafely. Um, and yeah, that that usually uh, kind of covers it. Um, and so that's a model that I've taken, which is 10 bullet points, uh, inclusivity plus platinum rule, plus how to report and what to expect, and then elaboration of the 10 bullet points in uh, greater detail. I mean, if you can do it in five bullet points, uh, more power to you. Uh, um, 
Oh yeah, did I mention the goal of those 10 bullet points is to kind of communicate your values and it allows the organization to kind of uh, crystallize its values together and decide what its values are. Uh, yep. So now on to what a code of conduct probably shouldn't be. So um, I don't think you should take other people's codes of conduct. It might feel very helpful. But unless you're work working on your own and you absolutely uh, value um, uh, someone else's code of conduct and you have permission to use it, uh, that's another issue. Do you have permission to take another person's code of conduct? Typically, a lot of labor went into that. Uh, you shouldn't be um, taking other people's labor uh, without permission. Um, but then, yes, if you are an organization, at some point you're going to have to uphold that code of conduct. Uh, and you had better be upholding something that you all have agreed that you want to uphold. Um, which is why I think it's really good for people to come up with the code of conduct that suits their organization. Uh, and to come up with their own code of conduct materials so that they can come up with their own responses, their own protocols. Um, also so that you have ownership, like if you, not only it's the organization, but it's your community, if you're bringing a code of conduct to an existing community, that community should feel like they have input into the shape of the code of conduct. Um, so yep, uh, write your own code of conduct, don't take other people's in so far as you can. Uh, it's not going to be perfect. So I've struggled for a long time with how basically you say, we are welcoming to all and your personal boundaries are important while also saying we're not actually welcoming to homophobia because that would be the opposite of welcoming to all. And if your personal boundaries include not touching another guy because you're a guy and um, internalized homophobia means that you're scared of dancing with another guy, uh, that's not really a behavior that particularly want to protect either. Um, so the way I've settled it for myself is first to clearly say marginalized by society and then if you have the needs of a woman versus the needs of um, uh, an autistic person uh, and they conflict, that one's going to be challenging and you're not going to fix that. But then just generally you can say, no, look, um, as far as I'm concerned, uh, black folks are marginalized in society uh, and therefore a, a white person's um, desire to be included uh, does not trump their ability to have um, does not trump their ability to ex be racist or do racist things and then it gets challenging also because like what is be racist or do racist things um, is no I don't want to give any examples because I can only think of actual examples and that would be awkward because those were actual examples um, but yeah, some people uh, say that racism is anything uh, that is targeting a specific race. Other people call that prejudice. Uh, and so I would uh, have racism be uh, something uh, that 
uh, has a power differential. Uh, so just generally, uh, it's going to be uh, white is considered normal and people of color is considered uh, different. Uh, and so there's a, a clear racism from white people towards people of color, but there isn't from people of color towards white people because there isn't uh, a systemic uh, advantage in society. But just generally, that's going to be quite slippery. Uh, but you can, and you can sort of mitigate that and announce what you mean by racism up front, which is why I previously had, here's a bunch of protected classes, race is one of them. And then I was like, oh, actually for these protected classes, what I'm actually protecting is uh, the needs of the marginalized direction in that protected class. Uh, so typically prioritizing needs of men over women, oh, uh, sorry, <clears throat> of women over men, um, typically pro protecting the needs of people of color um, over um, white people, typically protecting um, the needs of trans people over cis people, and so on. Uh, but where I'm getting at is it's not going to be perfect. You are not a lawyer. You do not have a team of lawyers. Your code of conduct does not have legally binding status. Um, it may actually, depending on your local laws, uh, be completely impossible legally to uphold. Um, uh, because maybe you can't actually kick someone out. Um, but you can live with that imperfection. The, the code of conduct sets forward your values uh, and you are free to interpret your values however you want. And at some point, you're not, your organization is not going to be a court of law. Uh, although having some kind of jurisprudence uh, is, a, is a good thing. But it's not going to be a full legal system that needs to have a watertight code of conduct and where someone can argue that their behavior doesn't technically breach the code of conduct and therefore they should be allowed to continue that behavior. At that point, you just amend your jurisprudence, amend your code of conduct if need be, uh, and move on with your lives. Um, and so you shouldn't worry too much about making your code of conduct uh, clear um, because it, it'll sort itself out and then it comes towards uh, upholding the code of conduct. And that's, I guess, uh, I think it's my last point to, for today, is this question of upholding your code of conduct. I don't think the code of conduct has value if you're not planned to up, planning to uphold it. And that means having a reporting process, having a taking action process, uh, being willing to suspend people, ban people, kick them out um, temporarily while a situation gets resolved. That's another thing that's a, that's a good tool uh, is just to mention if there are some kinds of uh, report, what you may do as a preventive measure is ask someone to leave. Um, and maybe actually they did nothing wrong, so maybe they'll be allowed back, but uh, that maybe you're prepared to do that kind of thing. Anyway, that comes into to purport, prepare, uh, to reporting and taking action. Uh, I said it would come for another time. Uh, but I don't think the code of conduct is the place to put things that you won't take action about. And I don't think that things that you won't take action about should be mixed in with things that you will take action about. So people often talk about, oh, bring uh, slidey shoes, um, wear deodorant, don't wear perfume. 
Um, except maybe for that last one, like if someone were wearing perfume, maybe I would talk to them about it and be like, hey, actually this doesn't work. Not quite sure. Uh, but basically, if you're not prepared to kick someone out uh, over a breach of your code of conduct, don't put it in your code of conduct, in my opinion. Um, and that's for, for, for two reasons. One is you don't want to send mixed messages of, oh, maybe we kind of don't want you to do this. Um, and you don't want to, like you want it, you could have a separate thing, which is kind of etiquette for this space. Uh, and you can describe etiquette independently, uh, things that maybe you'll explain to someone, oh, you maybe don't know, the etiquette here is to do X and it seems like you're not doing this. Um, that probably you wouldn't go so far as to kick someone out uh, over. Uh, and the other thing is, if you have those things in there that you wouldn't kick someone out over, then when uh, worse behaviours occur, you might also not be prepared to kick, those, kick them out for those. Uh, and so it kind of works in the, the question of, are you setting up a good contract between yourself as organisers and your community in your promise to take action. Uh, and then you, you'll have different kinds of action that you'll be willing to take. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, to take some kind of action that goes beyond talking to someone and then saying, there we go, I talked to them. Um, if you talk to someone and they don't uh, plan to change their behavior, you should be able to do something and it should be the kinds of things that you probably are going to kick someone out about over. And that one's a little bit challenging, especially if you have goals for your community that are different from where it's currently at. Uh, so that's also um, uh, an issue. Is do you have so, for example, uh, in um, Balfolk, uh, there's an idea that waltz should go uh, in line of dance, uh, and other partner dances also. So kind of like in tango, you have a line of dance in ballroom, and in blues, you have a line of dance that goes counterclockwise around the floor. Um, typically, uh, most places do not do that. It's a very rare place, uh, like outside of tango, it's, it's a quite rare place where you can uh, line of dance uh, comfortably without coming up against either traffic jams because people are not very good at it, uh, or traffic jams slash obstacles because people simply don't do it. Uh, and it would be an odd dance to me in most of my communities where you would actually be willing to kick someone out uh, for not following line of dance. A, uh, because that's a kind of weird thing to kick someone out over. Although I could see you doing that if you really wanted to. But especially because currently two-thirds, three-quarters, 90% of your community is technically or completely in breach of this rule so you can't add it and I'm not sure exactly what to do about rules that you kind of want to add um, as wish list. So I guess those are the two things, there's trivial things or trivial-ish things that you wouldn't actually kick someone out over and wish list things that you maybe one day would like to be able to kick someone out over but in practice right now definitely cannot and will not. Um, yeah, that's me on Code of Conducts. Uh, I think they're important, but I also think they're only a very small part of uh, your safety strategy. Um, an important one because they're how you communicate uh, quite a bit of your safety strategy to the public and that you make it clear what your expectations are. 
and what you consider um, safe versus unsafe behavior. Uh, but then you need follow-up uh, and the follow-up is going to be much more important and much harder to do than the coming up with a code of conduct and printing it out for all to see. Oh yeah, make it, uh, you have to put it somewhere on display. Uh, it has to be your website and it has to also be uh, a physical piece of paper somewhere that people can actually read and, uh, and look up and consult. And you have to tell people about it. You have to say from time to time, hey, we have a code of conduct, please read it. Um, and maybe even give examples from it, like show how to say no gracefully to a dance, all those kind of good things. Uh, yeah, uh, code of conduct have multiple reasons uh, that they're valuable. They support uh, people who might uh, want to stand up for their own boundaries and hopefully empower them to do so. They also um, uh, serve as a reference so that uh, offenders uh, can know this is actually an offence and you go up to them and say, hey, look, this is our code of conduct, you are in breach of it. Um, and they also serve a purpose towards yourself, that your promise to yourself and to your community that you will try to make uh, your dance space uh, safer than it would be otherwise. Um, let me know if there's other reasons you think that it's important to have a code of conduct. Let me know if there's other things that you think are really important to put uh, in your code of conduct. I'd love to hear from you. I will see you next time. Until then, take care.